This is Around the Rim with LaChina Robinson. It's March Madness, and this is your ESPNW Women's Basketball Podcast, Around the Rim. I'm your host, LaChina Robinson, joined by my fantastic producer, Tarika Foster-Brasby. And you are right now in the Greensboro Region Preview. That's right. This weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, all Sweet 16 games for the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. And in the Greensboro region, we have the number one Baylor Lady Bears taking on South Carolina. And we have Iowa with Megan Gustafson the Great taking on NC State. Game one is Saturday at 1.30 p.m. on ESPN. Game two is Saturday at 11.30 a.m. Um, that's backwards, one and two, but that was the order that I introduced it to you. But we're going to preview those. We're going to preview the Greensboro region, um, right now. But to do that, we're going to bring in, oh, one of my favorites. I call her CP, but you can call her Carolyn Peck, who's going to give us the scoop. All right, basketball fans, the NCAA women's basketball tournament this weekend will be sending four teams to the final four, but we got to get through the Sweet 16 first. And uh, I want to invite to the show one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. She's kind of like my sister and my mentor and all that stuff tied in one, and she's a great analyst. Please join me in welcoming Carolyn Peck. Welcome, Carolyn. Thanks for having me, LaChina. It's an exciting time. It is. And what was exciting about watching your game was you being in Kim Mulkey's closet. Oh, my God. What a great <laughs> segment. That was outstanding. And look, we only could show, we only had time to show her closet, but she took me through a, t- a tour of her house. And of course, because McKenzie and Clay and Cannon are staying there right now until their house gets ready, there's baby toys everywhere. And she oh my is, goodness. yeah, yeah, super grandma. I know. I have enjoyed seeing her um, with, it's a, it's a boy, right? It's a grandson? It is. Yes. yes, I've enjoyed seeing her with her grandson on on television and just seeing Kim Mulkey in that element. You know, it's it's cute. It's adorable. But I was looking at some of those shoes in the background, and I'm I'm sorry. A couple pair of those shoes that Coach Mulkey had in there looked like some shoes I had seen in Magic City before, but I'm just going to leave it. Uh-uh, leave it okay. there. Leave, leave, leave <laughs> leave I, saw, I saw some little shoes in there that were, uh, yeah, a little different. But, um... <laughs> So I want to talk about Baylor because I I feel like most of the nation, we we saw Baylor uh, quite a bit in the, in the non-conference, but unless you were paying attention to the big 12, um, you didn't see how Baylor progressed through the conference season. Um, What to you, obviously they're the number one team. Kim Mulkey was named the WBCA coach of the year yesterday. Um, What to you is special about this Baylor team? I tell you with China, they are the best team that very few are talking about. Mm -hmm. And it is amazing when you look at their front court and you've got the size and uh, talent of Kalani Brown and Lauren Cox. And those are two post players with size that also have the ability to have a face-up game. They can shoot it about 10 to 15. Cox has got three-point range. They also are excellent passers. And so when you have that combination, that the, and they don't only just look for each other, they find the open score in the right spot on the floor. Mm. You know, the other piece of Baylor that is a question mark for any team that's going to win a national championship, you've got to have a tremendous point guard. Mm. And Baylor has 
really their third option is their start, starting point guard right now in Chloe Jackson. Latine, I know you're familiar with her from when she played at LSU. She was a two guard. Yep. She was a shooter. She led them in scoring 18 points a game. Yep. But Kim Mulkey has converted her to the point. Uh, in the fall, when Baylor had to dismiss Alexis Moore, who they had expected to be the point guard, she tried Juicy Landrum at the point. She tried Dee Dee Richards at the point, And finally settled on Chloe Jackson. And watching her against Cal, Cal had made the decision that they were going to make Chloe Jackson score. And Chloe Jackson said, oh, I got you there. That's exactly <laughs> what I can do. I'm back to my old, my roots, right? Playing that two-guard scoring. Yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting. And that's, you know, Kim Mulkey was my coach of the year. She was she was my pick for coach of the year because of two things. One, what you just talked about, which was converting a player that wasn't a point guard into a point guard who's running the offense for the number one team in the country uh, with Chloe Jackson, but also their defense, which is outstanding. And it takes a lot of, of scouting. Um, coaches have to do a lot of work to take away a team's tendencies. And Baylor has been consistent with doing that using their athleticism. I love Dee Dee Richards. I, I would watch her defend anyone. Like she takes it personally, uh, what she does on, on the defensive end, but, um, really appreciate that part of it as well. I want, I want to know what you think. And, and we're looking at a region, you know, Kalani Brown and company had to face Christine Anigwe. And then, you know, looking at, the way things are shaping up in the Greensboro region, they could eventually see Iowa. Um, South Carolina has some size. Um, NC State has a big Elisa Cunane, uh, who's only a freshman. But uh, do you see any post in the country really being able to to match up or compare to what Kalani Brown and Lauren Cox bring? Well, I think we have the all-post region in Greensboro because of the players that you just listed. Um, I, I think it'd be tough in watching the teams that have advanced to the Final Four. You know, uh, we watched in uh, the SEC tournament with South Carolina when they went against a team like Arkansas that could shoot to three. That was a problem for their post game and coming out. In mm-hmm. watching Baylor, I thought that Cal had the perimeter scoring ability that could have been possibly a problem for Baylor and their bigs having to come away from the basket, but they showed and demonstrated that's not a problem there either. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you know that you're going to get the offensive uh, production from the post of Baylor, then you go, okay, because they shut you down from the three-point line in defensively, you got to make threes. But Baylor's defense, like you talked about, and it's individual accountability. Mm -hmm. They can guard you one-on-one. They don't need a really – well, man-to-man defense is a team defense because if one person gets beat, then the rotation. But the accountability and responsibility one-on-one, man, Baylor is right on point this year. Well, they're going to face up against the South Carolina Gamecocks. Baylor, of course, had to beat Abilene Christian and then Cal to get to the Sweet 16. South Carolina uh, beat Belmont and then Florida State. Um, and these two teams met in a regular season matchup earlier this year, and South Carolina allowed Baylor 52 paint points, um, and the, the Lady Bears beat South Carolina by 25 points. Is there any reason why we should believe this matchup could be different this time around, Carolyn? Well, it was early in the season, and that is uh, at a time when 
South Carolina was still adjusting to playing without Asia Wilson, and Don Staley was implementing kind of how to use the guards and how that goes along with with Alexis Jennings. Alexis Jennings getting healthy. And, you know, when you look at that game, that first game, they gave up 32 points, South Carolina did, in the first quarter. Then they kind of settled in. Mm -hmm. And I think that South Carolina is a better team now than they were in December. Uh, They are more on the same page. They're faster because now uh, Bianca Cuevas-Moore is healthy. You've got – now, when they put herself – Taya Cooper and Ty Harris on the floor at the same time. Now, they can get out and transition. They can produce points quickly. If they're on, they can knock down perimeter shots, which would allow uh, Jennings to do work inside. I think a key player is going to be Kiki Herbert-Harrigan. She's Mm going to have to play well uh, Mm -hmm. for every second that she's on the floor. She's got to be an offensive threat. She is a shot blocker, so can she – contend with, and I believe she'll be matched up with Lauren Cox. So that's going to be a fun matchup uh, to watch. And the interesting thing for me with China is, you know, Don Staley, great point guard, great mentality. So is Kim, Kim Mulkey was a great point guard in her time. And watching the strategy of these two teams at this time of year. Yes, I know. I'm really looking forward to that. And I couldn't agree more that from the point that this game happened till now, Dawn Staley's Gamecocks are one of the more improved teams in the country. Um, she's done an outstanding job bringing them along. The bottom half of Greensboro, um, NC State obviously hosted, uh, beat Maine and then Kentucky to move on to the Sweet 16. Iowa was actually the closest one-two seed matchup when they had to pull out a squeaker against Mercer in their first round and then took out Sophie Cunningham and company in the second round to advance. So Westmore's team that has been beat up all year. I mean, they lost their starting point guard right before the season started. So if you count that injury, they lost three total starters to injury throughout this year, including their leading scorer, um, he he just did a fantastic job of getting this team to where they are, especially as a three seed through the number one conference um, RPI in the ACC. Um, and then Iowa, which everyone is obsessed with Megan Gustafson. Um, I got a chance to call the Big Ten Championship game, and I, I just I can't say enough about her. Um, she was my national player of the year. Um, it was not. It was a hall, It was a tough call, especially the way Sabrina Ionescu played that first round. I'm like, okay, let me go back and see. Um, but you know, it, it's going to be hard, I think, for um, NC State to game plan for Gustafson with not a lot of bodies because the last injury they had um, was to one of their starting post players. So they're relying on some youth with Elisa Kunain, as I mentioned. But Iowa also has the experience factor. I mean, it's a team that is high in assists, one of the best in the country, uh, because their chemistry is so good. They know each other so well. Like, they've got a group of seniors that, that play well together. So I guess my question for you, Carolyn, is does a team run out of gas? Like, does a team like NC State, af- after having to retool and reconfigure and other people step up and change their style to accommodate all their injuries – do they have enough at this time of the year? Are they more inspired by what they've been through? And do you think anyone has an answer for Megan Gustafson? Well, I'll start backwards and work my way. Sorry, yes. <laughs> From your last question, uh, does anybody have 
the ability to stop Megan Gustafson. I not one on one, not not by yourself, uh, because a lot of people. I know everybody watched uh, the clip of where she was doing the mic and drill and finishing up high with her left hand and right hand. The thing that Megan does so well is she uses her feet. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's part of the post game that people don't recognize the balance and the footwork that she brings. She gains the advantage that helps the leader to her scoring position. Now she's going to go against size with Kanane, but like you said, is a freshman, but each game it appears that she's gotten more and more confident and continue to develop. You know, when you're playing in Greensboro now, there's going to be a lot of Wolfpack fans there. And a lot of times that can inspire a team to really play above themselves and play at the next level, especially this time of year. So, you know, I think that inexperience, a lot of these players, like you said, hadn't played this many minutes before. Well, now they're used to it. So I don't know that they that running out of gas, they're not having to get on a plane and go across country. They're right there in Greensboro. So I think that now they're as deserving to be there and very capable of being there as any of the four teams that are there. Mm, great insight from the coach, Carolyn Peck, who, don't forget, won a national championship, so she knows what she's talking about. Um, folks, a couple more tidbits against, about these, team, Iowa, these teams. Iowa advanced to the Sweet 16 for the second time in the past 20 seasons. Um, 2015 was their last time in the seventh. This is the seventh time in program history. South Carolina is advancing to the Sweet 16 for the sixth straight season and seventh time in the past eight seasons under Don Staley, um, a team that had never reached the Sweet 16 in the previous eight NCAA tournament appearances. Also, just a little bit of tidbit about NC State, second straight Sweet 16 appearance after not reaching it from 2008 to 2017, and then Baylor, 11 consecutive Sweet 16 appearances, the third longest active streak behind Connecticut and Stanford. Carolyn Peck, we can't wait to hear you and Pam Ward on the call. Um, Where can fans find you on social media if they want to interact with you and tell you how much they love your Southern twang and all your funny (laughs) jokes during the game? I am at, uh, at Carolyn Peck on Twitter. And that's pretty much it. I haven't figured out, Lachana, you know, I, you know, the Snapchat and all that kind of stuff. I watch it, but participating in it, I only have so many thumbs to make that happen. <laughs> I'm not on that Snapchat either, CP. Let me tell you, I, I'm not the one on I, I can only handle two things, Instagram and Twitter. I, I have left my Facebook account long ago. And, um, yeah, Snapchat just wasn't for me from the very beginning. So um, I'm right there with you. And you can catch Carolyn Peck and Pam Ward on this Saturday. Um, NC State versus Iowa will be an 11.30 a.m. game. And then your Baylor-South Carolina game is at what time, CP? Oh, that's 2 o'clock. At 2 o'clock. Yeah, yep. right after two that. O'clock. Right after. Well, have fun. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us and for your insight. And uh, we will talk to you again soon, CP. All right, Latrina. All right, women's basketball fans. Well, we want to thank you for tuning in to this bracket breakdown. But please remember to join and to listen to all four of our regional preview podcasts. We have some amazing analysts who have joined to give you the scoop on what you should be looking forward to in the Sweet 16 and beyond. We want to thank 
all of you for continuing to support Around the Rim. You can follow us at Around the Rim Pod. You can follow LaChina at LaChina Robinson. You can follow me, Tarika Foster Brasby, at Sports underscore. And again, we can't wait to see you guys in Tampa at the Final Four. Until then, guys, see ya. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.